Hey, Street Fight listeners, welcome to the show. We're here. We made it. We're on time. We clocked in on time this week. Uh, no occurrence or anything like that necessary. We're ready to take calls. Um, we're firing up the intranet. We're getting all of our call notes together. I got a little bag of Dove chocolate next to me. Um, I am ready to sit on this phone and uh, make sure that my metrics are above uh, a 90% call time. Uh, we are available at 614-655-3887. This is Street Fight Customer Service. Uh, we want to hear what fucked up shit is happening in your world um, and uh, share it with us, with the audience, the whole gang. Uh, guys, gals, non-binary pals, anybody that wants to listen, anybody that wants to join is welcome as long as you're ready to flatten all hierarchies to every corner of the earth and uh, create something that's better for working people uh, with mostly relaxation and very little work. Uh, this is Street Fight Radio. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. You can find us on WCRS LPFM every single week, two times a week in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and if you can't, if you aren't there, WCRSFM.org has lots of interesting stuff. I know it's not for everybody. People like pop music, but there's you crate diggers out there uh, there's lots of great stuff to find on WCRSFM.org uh, if you're into to neat shows uh, made by local people here in town, Rip Town, Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for being here, Brian. You ready to oh, work? Oh, you're welcome. Oh, yeah. I might have to run out of the room at any time this evening because uh, it's a big toilet day for me. Uh, I'm spending okay. a lot of time on the toilet. So Okay. Well, this what's going on with me. I, hey, I... I, I like the gumption. I say get it out of the way immediately just so that it doesn't become awkward or anything and you can just go. I remember when I used to go to school, I used to always make my mom give me a note so I could just get clearance to like bolt for the door, you know? Yeah, I always told the teacher I had like a diarrhea or something so I could go smoke a cigarette in the uh, bathroom a lot of times. If you went in and said, oh, I'm pretty nauseous and they're like, by all means, just go. And you're like, yeah. Okay, I will. I yeah. will do that for sure. I am a hundred percent going to throw up this class. <laughs> like, there's no chance it doesn't happen. So, yeah, yeah. I had a cheesesteak last night. It was a huge mistake. I, as as big of a mistake as I could have ever had. Every time I eat a cheesesteak, I feel like this. Every time. But there's this place in town that sells cheesesteaks, and every nobody can shut up about it. You know, uh, in the sandwich community. Nobody shuts up about this place, you know? So yeah, I love sandwiches. So I'm, and it's called Wario's, which is kind of meme You know what I mean? Um, so I got it yesterday. Do they answer like that? Do they say, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I had to do it. I had to do it uh, over the internet. I didn't have the car, so I had to have it delivered. It cost me $38 to have a cheesesteak and potatoes. Christ. It Jesus was crazy. crazy. Imagine what, what if that's what the Jetsons was? That's what if we the cartoon we watched was on the Jetsons. <laughs> Someone paid forty dollars to have a cheesesteak delivered to them. Um, they don't I, bring that up on the Jetsons you know what, ever. They never you know talk what, about inflation. My uh, forty dollars. You can go to a fucking table and make someone make you fucking food and put a plate in front of you. That's you my type of eating. That's how I, my forty dollars goes towards someone running back and forth. You know. I, I could have fucking had a steak. I $40 had a, steak a plate dinner. is intense. Yeah. 
I could have had a fucking steak that sat down in front of a ribeye and a baked potato and a, and a diet Pepsi and just had yeah. a fucking went to town on it. But instead I ate a cheesesteak that is still making me shit 24 hours later, like in an emergency fashion. <laughs> yeah. It's a constant yeah. fucking emergency with me today. A constant emergency. That sounds rough, buddy. We're rooting for you. So hard. So hard. Yeah. I went to the gym for the first time in a week because my dizziness was subsiding and I'm at the gym for 10 minutes and I was like, oh no, this was a bad decision. I had to jump off the elliptical and just hurry home real fast. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I can't live like this right now. I, I'm hoping tomorrow it's all because I mean, there's only so much food can fit in there. Right. That's what I always think about bathroom stuff is like is it, the tank empties out. Yeah. There's got to come a point where there's zero, you know, a, a fucking zero amount of pee or poop in my body. And I'm just not hitting that yet. You know what I mean? And I'm hoping to hit it sometime soon because today has just been it's been it's been the hardest weekend of my life, actually, because also. Damn. The, That's the, a new high. New record the, high, everybody. <laughs> the Lego DeLorean I want is in stock now, and I don't have the money for it until next week. So I think it's going to be all gone by the time DeLorean time comes. When I get paid. Oh, you're in a so downswing. Oh, that's driving me. I, I just I can't stop thinking. I bring it up every two minutes. Like and then and then somebody like online will be like, I got it. And I'm like, well, good. For you, I don't like to know that you're doing well when I'm not doing well, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I had the Lego issue and the diarrhea issue. But I did do something I liked last night. I will say this, okay? One, been playing the shit out of that Kirby game. Fantastic. Love okay. that. Game. Okay. And uh, number two, I watched the Miami Vice movie. I love that too. I was having the best time in the world watching Miami Vice 2006 directed by Michael Mann. And uh, I was, I really liked it. I never thought about this though. Okay. In regards to Miami Vice, which I, I tweeted this last night. It is like a total fantasy that fucking show because seriously and i want you to be as honest as you can if you're in the chat i want you to be as straight up as you possibly can there has never been a cop that looks or acts cool ever ever and that's the whole premise of miami vice is <laughs> these two cops that are just super cool dudes and <laughs> riding around in jet boats and shit I gotta say, I don't think they could pass the vibe check. The, Not, the, I, the, I sound just as corny saying that, but I just don't believe that. Yeah, police cannot fit in. No, no way. Not with cool people. Not with renegades. Not with outlaws. You know, unless they're doing KKK shit, like they're they're not going to be able to to keep up. Thank you, because I'm looking at fucking uh, uh, Jamie Fox and Colin Farrell. And I'm like, these are some bad motherfuckers, man. They should be criminals. They should have they, they should have chosen to be criminals because they look. I mean, Colin Farrell looks uh, as cool as hell in that movie. He has like the long hair and he looks like he's been doing drugs a lot. Like, I think I read somewhere that he was really 
in a pit Actually of despair when he was making that movie. Okay. And so he just looked like, he looked so goddamn cool. And uh, I just was like, what the hell, man? There has never been a cool one. Even when you think about in, in like Dirty Harry is a cop that people think are fucking badass or whatever. But it's like he wears a suit and he doesn't like look cool or like he doesn't look cool at all. So I think it's a uh, uh, I guess I would have to say it's a fantasy movie because it's just about like six really cool cops doing cool shit. And uh, they just don't do that. That just doesn't. I mean, most cops look like shit. You know, we talked. Most cops actually look like the security guards that dress like cops. Like ninety percent of cops look like that. You know, even when you see cops on bikes, it's like they don't even look like they belong on a bike. You know, like when like you see them riding a bike or a motorcycle, and they like make the motorcycle the worst. Like, they yeah. make the motorcycle even look lame. They paint it, like, white with all their cop stuff on it. Then they jump on with their goofy uniforms, which, I mean, that's another thing I've been thinking about a lot. American uniforms are the goofiest shits in the world. Like, if you look at the military and the all police. All, all uniforms, really. Yeah, that's probably true. That is probably I'm, true. I don't, like, I don't like the cops in other countries or the military in other countries. Yeah, but do they wear those scratchy shirts? I don't know why they, all they do. Wear them. They get the yeah. cheapest chintzy of shit. I don't understand they the scratchy shirts. Starch it up. It's like when I got yelled at the other day on Twitter when I said, why do baseball pants got to be like that? And I was mostly, everybody said it was like the most heterosexual thing I've ever said. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I just tweeted, why do baseball pants got to be like that? That's all uh, I'm asking. Why do they got to be like that? Because I was in like Dick's, little knickers. Well, like, I was in Dick's Sporting Goods and I walked by and my arm rubbed up against them. Then it brought me back to being a kid and having to put the baseball pants on and being like, these are the scratchiest shits in the world. They're tight as hell. They look uh, come up to the knees. You know what yeah. I mean? And 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 like the thing I was saying is like. With baseball, it's the shittiest uniforms in the world, but like it's so the pants are the thing that brings them down because they got the best shirts and the worst pants, you know? Okay. Well, this mm -hmm. isn't good. Yeah. Um, I disagree. I mean, they have the longest shorts, is what they have. They have <laughs> super long shorts. Um, I like that they're tight. Also, and this isn't will surprise no one. Putting on baseball pants, they show your butt off. I've hear you have a great butt in the bedroom, lady. I put on baseball pants in the bedroom before. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, why everybody keeps telling me it's a heterosexual guy thing to not be able to understand baseball pants. And I'm like, this baseball pants been around since the 1800s, dude. I don't. Also, you don't want to get them all up your ass when you're sliding around and shit. You're Never sliding around on the out. ground. You got to be able to slide on them. And also. You got to show off your cool socks. I'm a guy that likes to show off cool socks. Oh, like that a lot of too. people just a lot of people just buy tube socks and stuff or just white socks and they wear those gross yeah. white crew socks. No, I buy ones that match my outfits or my underwear. So the the, the whole leg situation in baseball is tremendously comfortable. Bad. Comf. 
<laughs> it just is like the socks look ridiculous. The stirrups don't even make sense. I got so mad because when I played baseball as a kid, I didn't want to wear the stirrups because they reminded me of those stupid things that like 50s guys wore that held up their socks. Those weird sock garters. Oh, yeah. Before they had elastic. Yeah. That those guys used to wear. And uh, that was a real that was a real men, though. That's I've heard those are real men. Right. But then they so wore I little belts on their calves to hold up their socks. I got benched so many times for not coming in the right uniform. I was just showing up in sweatpants. I was Ooh. showing up in fucking What's tennis the right shoes. uniform to come in? Dude, yeah, that's <laughs> the stirrups. I come in without the stirrups on because I know that I said this about the uh, McDonald's uniform and the Chuck E. Cheese uniform. Uh, the baseball uniform also made me want to cry when I first put it on because of the pants, you know? <laughs> You're just like, yeah, I, I don't very know, protective man. of your identity there or something. What is just you can't imagine yourself being seen in that way. Also, it just seems like you also have some sort of um, uh, highly you have a like a, you're highly sensitive to the feeling of fabrics. Yes. And you're more concerned. I can throw on a piece of shit, anything and not really. I have a thick layer of hair that keeps most fabrics off of me. So that could be the case. I'll tell I'll tell you one thing I cried about and this is one of my earliest memories in my life it might have been first grade maybe kindergarten and you know when you throw one of those tantrums where you're fucking running around the house kicking stuff you won't stop moving so that like you know nobody can get a hold of you you know when uh -huh. you're like real little when you're kicking okay. I mean your kid does it you know what I mean like sure. when the kids like like six or seven years old they will fucking it's like you got to put pants on this kid and they don't want pants on so it's like a very challenging situation for every dad and my dad was trying to put uh, brown jeans on me and as soon as i saw the brown jeans i fucking cried dude and i flipped out i flipped out he had to put me in blue jeans and like i didn't wear brown pants again <laughs> until i was 17 years old Ugh. i didn't wear brown pants because i thought brown pants were just they were scarred. the dirt bottom worst i mean brown jeans are terrible they don't even sell no. them anymore oh yeah <laughs> i got them we got an eddie bauer outlet we got an eddie bauer outlet here they got brown they got uh the, the olive green ones they got all the earth tone jeans those are the any colored jeans are bad. I used to fucking bust this guy's balls because he always wore no tight style. white jeans. People uh, with no style can't pull it off. Oh, they do sell them. Damn, Lululemon's got them for one twenty eight. <laughs> oh, now you're interested. The brown jeans. Now, now, now that well, are they four hundred dollars? I don't know. Maybe I'm interested. Maybe they. Maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> They're expensive. I do. I do be like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> they must yeah. be good. I found mm -hmm. a new pair of shoes, kind of shoes today that I'm curious about called Allbirds. You ever oh, heard of God. Allbirds? Yeah, you're going, you're, you gotta, you should click on those Instagram ads the first time they come around. I don't have You've been ignoring Allbirds for six years, right? <laughs> or did you just, uh, do they know you carry a tote bag now? Like what mm. changed in your demeanor to get you Allbirds? That is so off brand. Maybe I was reading a thing. I was reading an article about, I was doing one of my searches for the best something. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. 
Uh, I could probably even tell you what the best thing I searched for, which by the way, every time I post that I search for something now, people are like, that's not actually accurate. You searched best. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. Yes, I do that. Um, but anyway, so I was searching and, and the guy that was writing the article thing was like, uh, the guy that was writing the article was like, before you put your all birds away, I was like, well, what's an all bird? And then I searched it. And they were $145. And I was like, oh, those aren't, that's, I mean, it's a little cheap compared to like yeah. other shoes I have, but that seems like some important shoes. <laughs> I think what I was, uh, what yeah. popped in but my you, head. You got to prove you have four wine charms though to buy them though. So okay. you can't do that. You don't have custom wine charms. I found it. I found what I was doing. These are good. Uh, Come on, man. These are really, you're, you, you're, these are really in, piquing your interest. These look like bad kids. I, I found, I know what I was doing now. I was searching for the best, uh, those meal delivery <sighs> places. They look like they're trying to not have a style. They're trying to not make an impact. They're trying to just be something you don't fucking notice, which is something I do not want from any shoe that goes on my foot. Yeah. I mean, they have Adidas ones though. Adidas like, Allbirds. They did an Adidas Allbirds collab. That's what I was looking at. Because I wouldn't just buy something without a label. <laughs> you, you would be like, these are made out of uh, old Coke bottles. But just tell everybody <laughs> like, oh, these are, they didn't make nothing new for these shoes. They're 100% sustainable. I send them back and they uh, give them to somebody else. Man, I just see shit. I, I just, I was looking up the Oof, best. They're so corny, dog. The best food delivery service is what I was looking for. Those, those <laughs> things, the Hello Freshes. Yeah, I googled the best Hello Fresh, and uh, or Blue Apron or whatever they're called. I I settled on none of them, uh, because they won't let you look at what you can order until you give them your credit card number, which is like, wow. On okay. what? And we're doing that now. The meal prep services. I oh, we were talking about getting because we got a whole bunch of discount coupons for like Hello Fresh and Green Chef and shit like that and and katie's like why don't you look through it man because we're doing real bad at eating at home and like if the meal was already there that we could cook maybe we would actually do it so i go looking into it and um it won't let me look at the menus of what i could order until i give them my credit card number and tell them they can charge my credit card. And I'm not fucking doing that, dude. Because I get in there and something fucking weird shows up. It's like, I don't want that. You know, I don't want like yogurt, rice or something. Like whatever they would have for you of stuff I don't like. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yogurt, rice with raisins. <laughs> what about yogurt, rice, and raisins. It's easy to eat healthy when you have yogurt, rice, and raisins. I did Google. Oh God. I'll tell you this too. I got to tell you this because this is so goddamn funny. Uh, last night I was, I was, uh, staring at the old phone like I always do. And, uh, I got an ad for a luxury railroad service, like where you oh, ride no. in a train around right. like the Canadian Rockies. And it's got like, it's got like like windows, uh, like 360 windows, so you can see up and shit like that. It looked fucking incredible, dude. It was like, wow, that looks really fun and really cool. It's kind of like you get to stop, you you stop, and it's kind of like a cruise, but in on land or whatever. And I'm looking at it, and then I look at the meals. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> the well, they the breakfast, you. they had not a single breakfast I would eat. Not a single one. All of them had eggs and yogurt. Every one of them. And I was like, you know, you got to make a flapjack or a waffle for breakfast because there's some people that don't eat eggs and don't eat yogurt. It, specifically some, person. Me. Some people need just cake for breakfast. <laughs> yeah i fucking wanted like an or even like oatmeal they couldn't have fucking oatmeal Oatmeal. you're right that's fair that's true yeah you're right that takes nothing and if you're a chintzy ass uh travel company you cut in every corner you can uh for sure they they could get that going i know not here's a packet of oatmeal it's five dollars but it's the dinosaur egg one so it makes you feel like childhood yeah look at jc saying uh you don't eat eggs for breakfast, buddy. I don't eat eggs at all, ever, unless they're baked in a cake. And then one day somebody pointed out I eat eggs if they're baked in a cake. And I was kind of like, ooh, that is kind of gross. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of spoiled cake for you. Gotta like, stop this, eating cake now. This cake is so ye- yolky. <laughs> What's this tastes, viscous fluid in my mouth? It tastes like eggs. Ugh, yucky. Disgusting. I haven't had eggs since. I would have to say 1994. Like my dad used to make scramble. It's really weird. Back in 94 when I was eating eggs. (laughs) (laughs) My dad would make scrambled eggs and I would just like, I would put them on the plate and then I would like, I would put so much ketchup on them. Like it was almost like egg soup in a way, egg Mm. and ketchup soup. Stop. What I ate. I was going down for grossest episode yet. So I'm eating, I'm eating like, and I've talked before about my parents, like forcing me to eat creamed eggs on toast, which was yeah, like vile. It was like hard boiled eggs cut into pieces. And then some kind of creamy white mixture that you dipped it in and then you poured it on toast. And it just like, that's the last two times I ate eggs. It was egg and ketchup soup is something I eat. And, uh, Eggs have not come a long way since 94. Eggs still taste exactly the way they tasted in 1994. And it was gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even the farm ones with the orangey yolks, they're still about the same. Oh, Psychic Gasoline says, I'll bet Brian hasn't made scratch pancakes or waffles in a while. Let me tell you something, okay? A couple of weeks ago, I made scratch Waffle House imitation waffles. In my kid, I hate making waffles, though, man. That shit takes... It's just a fucking a Herculean task. I, I, here's my, here's the life hack. This is just something you just should do it. Every time you have the idea to make waffles, you should take two hours on a Sunday and make like a hundred fucking waffles and freeze <laughs> them, freeze them. They go, they work really well, but yeah, you should only be making waffles if you're making six months at a time, because otherwise it is so fucking much. Right. Effort. Or if maybe, maybe if you went for a cheap waffle iron, like I'll see what the cheapest. So you can get a waffle iron for nineteen ninety nine. If yeah. you bought five waffle irons, that might make it so you could make them anytime. The problem is the waffle irons. The waiting. Yeah. You only make one at a time. You need if you spent if you went and you bought the cheapest waffle iron, okay, and you bought five of them, so you could make five waffles at the same time. That would be a hundred bucks. 
and I don't know where you're storing all your waffle irons, but sure. that's the only way I'm making waffles at this. Nail point. them to a board, maybe nail them all to a board, <laughs> and then just keep it as one unit. Kind of <laughs> combine the cords and make it into like yeah, hide it all, make it so that it all feeds into like an extension cord, and then there's one plug, you know. <laughs> Yeah. But if it's and then you're like, I could, we can all eat waffles at the same time. Like we can <laughs> yeah. all sit down at the table together and have breakfast together if we do it this way. Yeah, because if one person, so the okay, so you get to eat if you wanted to eat breakfast at the same time and you make waffles with one waffle iron, you're fucking you, somebody eating cold waffles. Two people are eating cold waffles actually, not just not one person. Two people if there's three of you, because only one person gets a warm waffle. And that's that's B crap, you Sucks. know. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst thing to make. Well, I wanted to tell you something. I, I was going to do this earlier when it was appropriate, but uh, I wanted to tell you something that would make you jealous. Uh, me and my doctor, we stepped it up a notch, and oh, yeah. uh, got my butt fingered at the doctor. Oh, Be- really? Yeah, yeah that's he went crazy. In- Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, we went. They're telling me it's forty-five, Brett. They're telling me forty-five or fifty is when they they stick their finger up your ass. Well, I had a problem. He had to go Mm, in there. He went in and made like a ninety-degree finger and did like a full three-sixty, like turning a key motion, like scraping the bottom of a fucking fruit on the bottom yogurt. And I was just like stunned. (laughs) Um, But he was like, "Oh, there's nothing in there," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I felt all of my insides right now. Oh, I thought it was prostate stuff, um, like having trouble peeing. Because that's the time I got my finger. My doctor put a finger up my ass. Was I was having prostate issues since I'm 20. I've I've not had a good full pee since I'm in my 20s. And uh, you know, he stuck his finger up there, and I was just like, uh, "All right, well, uh, that wasn't I, for me." I think he did yours. Yours got done way worse than mine because, like, oh, mine was. Bad. The mine was technique for me. Mine was spending time. Mine didn't spend any time in there. Okay. Oh, okay. He was just like, Not hello. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. He was just in and out. Literally. Yeah. This dude scraped the pot on me. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, also, uh, I also had, I had another fucking ego death moment this week. What in like a surprise way. Um, because, uh, my girlfriend has a shrooms and she usually makes this tea and the tea is not as strong as when you eat them raw, you know? Mm-hmm. And she has like these little styrofoamy shrooms. I don't know what they are, um, but that she normally makes. So I was like, you know what? I'll just take three grams. And I drank it and like, uh, very quickly, almost 15 minutes later, I started getting overwhelmed by everything. Like I could just not believe how intense the world became. And I was like shrinking into a blanket, like getting super cold too. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to be fucked up. I was like, is this the same stuff you normally have? And she was like, oh no, I had to use another bag. The other ones were the penis envy ones. And I was like, no, these are the penis envy ones. And then I was just gone. I, literally, yeah. I was outside of my body for like an hour. It fucking rocked. I woke up completely erased. It, I haven't done that in so long. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I know. I believe me. I've been doing it every week for like three weeks. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's the way to go. Uh, also, yeah. one more thing. Gave uh, me agoraphobia. Said, <laughs> yeah, now you're agoraphobic. It sucks. 
Uh, I wanted to say, I kept saying the name of the band that I saw was Inferion, which is a crappy band. Inferious is the name of the band and they are actually cool, but I wanted to make sure I got that. And I will make sure we play Inferious at the end of this episode for fucking that up. I did not mean to do that. Inferious. There's um, an Inferion too. There's like, yes, there shouldn't be if, two if, bands that close. There should be dog. a fucking, I'm telling you, dude, there should be a registry at the government where yeah, all the band bands. names are fucking there. And like, if you're too close, you're too close. Like, yeah, I disagree. We, actually. I, I can't we be have IP like that. We got, uh, we, we got us an internet system here, like a search engine system where, uh, a search engine system where Inferion could have Googled Infurious and seen like, this is fucking pretty close to what we are. Let's do something else. You know, sure. I'm not saying you can't do it, but there really isn't like a system set up so that you can see what the band name sounds like, because yeah, two things can be spelled kind of the same, but I'm saying like, if I named my band Infurious and there was an Infurion out there, I'd be fucking so mad at those people and be like, that. come I don't on. think so. Really? Oh, I would be. Yeah. I'd be mad. I don't think like, you have any on. ownership on that. Or whoever did it first. I'm saying whoever did it first. I'm definitely turning into one of those guys real quick, though, because I wanted to tonight. I wanted to go see Malevolent Creation so bad. And like the bands I'm seeing, the names are just getting worse and worse. And uh, I'm eating it up. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I, uh, um, I, oh, for the, for the people, I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to try and figure out how to, how to do this. I, I don't know yet what I'm, what I'm doing with this information, but uh, people have sent me. Like multiple people have sent me this, so I'm just gonna let them know that I have seen Anthony Cumbia using the N word. I have uh, uh, seen yeah. that video several times. It is pathetic. It's actually really pathetic. And I just want to. I wish I. I. I know this guy would hate me. I know he's an asshole. I'd do anything to shake Red Bar's hand. <laughs> really? <laughs> he has driven this guy. <laughs> to a to a point where well now I, everybody thinks he's dying but he has driven he's anthony dying. uh red bar there's something going on with him i don't know okay. I, I don't i'm not involved in the there's world there's always or something anything. going on yeah yeah but he uh uh i don't know man he has fucking got anthony kumia so all he... up in a tizzy oh so he provoked anthony akumia his fans show up at anthony's shows and like tape stuff and try to get him to do stuff and shit and uh one of them was like hiding around the corner while he was outside talking in front of a bar and he either said the f slur or the n-word he said a slur and the guy was like ah i got you and then anthony got so mad at him and like was standing in front of him like let's just talk let's just talk and then he calls him the f slur like five times and then at the end he just starts calling him the n-word and nice. like the guy powerful it's stuff so fucking great that this guy this troll in real fucking life he bit on a fucking troll like that and got filmed and now it's all over the place it's not going to hurt his career or anything like that but uh but uh it was it he was so mad brett he was so and that red bar guy has pissed him off so bad dude over and over again i got really obsessed with red bar a couple uh last summer when i was prepping for shocktober i was kind of listening to some of his stuff and boy that guy's mean as hell he is mean 
If if yeah. he was on the radio, he would be a Shocktober subject for sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did see the Anthony video and it was uh you know, what are you going to do, man? The guy says I'm sure he says it a lot more than uh even behind closed doors. He's he's a very racist man. Yeah. So, he's awful. But um, I I'm, also, the trolls are getting to him though. So that's right. funny. Uh, last thing I wanted to tell you before we get to calls here, uh, I started taking the Wellbutrin and I took the first one today and like, I'm such a druggie that I was like, I think it's starting to kick in. Like I thought <laughs> I felt like I was going to peak off of it, like during lunch or something. I'm sort of the same way. I, I mean, when I first, I mean, Gwen did the same thing when she got on her effects her, I think she was just like, Oh, I think it's working for me. Like the next day something jolted inside of me yeah but nothing happened i mean the shittiest thing about those stupid fucking drugs is that you never feel anything and you're like either i feel better or i don't i don't know <laughs> like there's no there's no like i guess you could journal but i don't even think you're you, it changes enough well, you know what i mean where i'm fighting would even show up no i'm fighting with the fucking lady that wants me to journal and like nobody understands when I say like I can't get shit done. Like I don't there's no besides Sunday and Wednesday I know I'm recording the show. I have no other I, I have no idea what's happening any day of the fucking week. You tell me it's Friday, there's no regular thing that happens in my life on a fucking Friday. Not even brushing my teeth. Like I just don't have any routine at all. And um I hate be, I hate waking up and this woman wants me to just wake up and start writing down my fucking feelings. And I'm like, well I'm going to, I'm going to wait until you get, I'm going to wait about six weeks until you get mad at me that I haven't bought a fucking journal yet. And so you can understand what you're dealing with here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not. Yeah. I can't do it either, man. I mean, I can think about doing I have it. the capability. I, I, can, I love yeah. writing. I'm very expressive. We're so good with words and all of these amazing things. You could not get me to do the same thing every day of my life. I feel like a fucking nerd if I do that. Yeah. Well, and also like, what are you going to say? I don't know what to say. If I was journaling like, if I sat down and journaled today, I'd be like, I have diarrhea from a cheesesteak I ate yesterday. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, that's okay to write. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I understand how to do it. You don't have to, ha you, there's no point to it. And yeah. once you start writing, it just flows out of you and it feels really good. Can't get my fucking pen to a piece of paper. Same way you can't get my hand wrapped around a barbell right now. So it's like, I'm tired. I just don't want these Pollyanna ass fucking Instagram shit. You know? No, I'm with you, man. I, I, uh, am not fond of, uh, I am not fond of writing down my feelings. I'd rather write something like funny or something. That's, that's how I think of it. But we got any calls? Yeah, we do. We got, got a few. Let's get jump in here. Uh, thanks for going street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Lucas from Connecticut. How's it going? What's up, Lucas? How's it going? I'm Brian. Hi, Brian. It's going all right. I'm at a uh, punk show right now, uh, but I talked to Brett earlier in the week, told him I had a pretty wild story uh, for a call-in for something that happened uh, to me at work as an organizer. All right. Let us, let's hear it. So due to the uh, nature of the story, I'm not going to tell you what uh, campaign it's on. I'll call in another week with a uh, with an, uh, campaign update sort of thing. But uh, earlier this week, I was at uh, 
<laughs> I was at work and I get a text from a worker. I was, it was Monday. I was hitting everybody up, seeing how their weekend was. I said, Hey, how was your Easter? Trying to keep in touch with the people we're putting together as a committee to, you know, do what they got to do as a union. And, um, he said, I, I said, do you get to spend any time with your family uh, during Easter? Sorry, there's a train that's about to go by. I'm sorry if you all hear that. I don't hear you. No, we'll, we'll yell at you if it sounds bad. All right, word. Um, so uh, he said, it was all right. I'd rather have spent time with you. And I was like, okay, that's an odd response. But I was like, well, great news. We're going to be doing some pamphleting uh, this Wednesday. We're going to be doing it in a couple different shifts. You can, we're going to be handing out uh, some, some leaflets and stuff. Can great I count pivot. on you to join us for that? Great pivot. And I he was that. like, I, I, Oh wait, now it's too loud. Now, now the train, yeah. train kept it rolling. All right. We're good. Well, as long as it okay. doesn't beep Train's its horn. Yeah. It did. But, um, so, uh, I, I pivoted. I was, I keep, I'm keeping it professionally. It was like, no, in like a more intimate way. And it proceeded to get significantly more aggressive from there. And I was just like, I repeatedly said, no, tried to steer it back. But like, he was, he was persistent and it really blew my mind that like, this was something that I was dealing with, uh, in the work environment. And like, I didn't feel like unsafe or threatened or anything, but like I contacted my, uh, like supervisor and legal team. And I was like, Hey, so this was a conversation that happened. Uh, I'm, I'm cool, but like just needed to let y'all know this was happening and maybe someone else can cover that particular work location for a bit. And everybody like called and checked in with me and it's all good. And like this type of thing, I guess apparently is way more common for like female organizers. And like, it's, it's not unheard of for it to happen. And it like, I, I was hit with that as I was thinking about that, but I'm rambling. Sorry. No, you're fine. I mean that, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all to hear that. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess you don't have to be professional on stuff like that. I mean, if someone is being that suggestive, uh, I mean, who gives a shit? Like I would just shut them down. If they're not in your face, I mean, I would just tell them they're a fucking creep. <laughs> yeah. It was all yeah. via tech. He wanted to speak on the phone and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like we're, and at the end of it, I was like, Hey, you know, after I shut him down for many, many texts, I was like, if we ca I contacted a fellow organizer and was like, Hey, this is a wild situation I'm dealing with. What's your advice? And, uh, he, like, I, I figured out, uh, like I'm, I don't feel like I can't organize with this dude if we can move past it. But so I was like, Hey, can we like completely move past what happened earlier and like really make some changes for you in your oh. workplace? Like, and he Basically, said, you, no, you I think like you can take him in a fight. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, like I wouldn't kind of, but like one of my buddies sure. was like, dude, he might just like stab you though, <laughs> which is possible. You know, it doesn't matter how small you are, yeah. if you have a knife. Like, true. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to deal with a person like that. I, I mean, I would tell somebody like that to just fuck off and go away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's that not is, worth it for the success crazy. of the campaigns. Like, it's I'm not putting that on the line for my job. Yeah, yeah, and like. Again, like uh, uh, if he's if it's threatening and weird, like there are people with like threatening auras. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's uh, toilets just, with threatening auras. I know, but I have met people that have just like 
even if they don't say anything to me, I'm like, this motherfucker, this guy's got a threatening Something. aura. Yeah, I don't know Some, what it is. A well, premonition is I had previously him. met up with this dude. I had previously met up with him for a one-on-one, like, off-the-clock conversation because you can't really have the full conversation with a worker when they're on the clock, so you got to, like, talk off the clock. And I picked him up, and we went to a coffee spot and chatted and whatever. And, like, he seemed, like, nervous, and I thought it was because he was, like, nervous of, like, union stuff, but I think he just had, like, a significant crush on me and Mm -hmm. was, like, feeling like it was a date. And, like, that's not what it is. And yeah, he was like, he's saying, like, is it because I'm ugly? And I was like, no. What? (laughs) Yeah, he was asking me, is it, like, why not? Like, it's got to be a secret. I won't tell anyone. Nothing's going to happen. I was like, it's, I'm doing my job, man. That's purely my interest is in, like, uh, performing my work duties here. Like, it is all good. And, so uh, this like is halfway it, through his introduction, like. he <laughs> so like halfway through his seduction, he was like, "Don't you like don't show these texts to anyone, right?" And I, the first thing I thought was like, "Dude, the first one you sent me, I screenshotted and sent to my partner." He said, "Well, today's a weird day at work." <laughs> that is, I don't, I I don't know. I mean, and and I'll even say it like. I don't know how I would ever deal with that. You're you're right about it. Like this is a thing that happens with with women organizers and stuff. Like, man, I truly have no idea what I would do in a situation like that because I've never been in a situation like that in my life. You know what I mean? I I would go as far as to say nobody has ever hit on me in the history of of my life. And uh, if it you wouldn't, happened, you wouldn't believe it. You would never have believed it. That's true. But if it happened like that never? with me, I don't think so. No, I can't imagine. I okay. I'll tell you this. One time Okay, when, here we go. Now you got one. <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay. About I don't know, it would have had to be fifteen years ago. Uh I was at the gas station and this woman was uh trying to fill her tires on her car out there at the air machine, but she couldn't figure out how to do it. And she said, Hey, uh, do you know how to do this? And I was like, yeah. So I showed her how to do it and I filled, filled the tires. And she was like, you have a girlfriend, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And I left. That was like the most, (laughs) that's the most hit on I've ever been in my entire life. I have, that was just, that was female tax. Whenever you do manly shit, they have to pretend like they like you and they want to have <laughs> sex with you. <laughs> and and like I one time was that, at a party. Okay, uh, I one time I was at a party and uh, the, uh, I was talking to this girl, kind of laying the groundwork early on in the party. And my buddy Jimmy, who is very charismatic and uh, like he's got game, if you will. Um, he showed up and she ended up talking to him a whole bunch. He was hanging out with her the whole evening. And then he ended up uh, getting too drunk and passing out at the end of the night. I didn't drink much at this time and I wasn't looking to sleep in this stranger's house. So I was going to drive like 20 minutes back to the spot I was staying in. And as I'm like saying bye to people, this girl who I was talking to earlier just pulls me aside and she was like, hi, Lucas. I was like, hey, how are you? She was like, I'm good. I told you I play softball, right? I was like, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. And she was like, that doesn't mean that I'm a lesbian, though. I was like, okay. I, I didn't think it did. I was like, I like dick. I really like dick. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, oh okay, that, that's great. Awesome. Well, have a good one. And then I get like halfway back to driving home. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What did I do? Yeah. And I had a big panic attack. And, it, it, you know, it haunts that's, me to this day. That's not because even hitting on. Come on, man. That's, not, that's straight up like, saying I've, I've never started. I would yeah, have thought I, she was, was just telling was, me about her preferences. I swear to God. If she oh, said yeah, that to me, yeah, I, mean, I would some, just that's like, pretty much do, it. I was, yeah, some, I was like, wow, how so, much did you drink? Like, yeah. like <laughs> this is a weird, like, that's not, it was weird, real weird. People that aren't even softball players are bumping zeros these days. Like, you never know. It's, it's, it's catching on. This is so funny. Hot Tits 420 in the chat was like, your wife never hit on you, Brian. Um, no. When you told her you bought a singlet, she hit on you right physically. then and there. No. When you said I that you bought know. a singlet, I'll tell she you. was like, oh, I, I, I don't that was that was that was hitting on you. Here's the she thing. Wants, the, she wants the, to see you on the, the singlet. The night that, you know, we ended up, you know, hooking up and stuff. Constantly. For real. Was uh uh is. I've I've told this story a couple times, but I, I will one hundred percent say this. Um I uh uh every Monday night I watch Monday Night Raw and Nitro every single Monday night and people would come over to the house and they would fucking make too much noise. And so I basically made a rule no women allowed during Nitro. I know this is so bad. I was he man fucking... woman haters club. <laughs> well, I basically No ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I said no, <laughs> no women at the house until you know at least until Raw's over, which would be eleven. And uh, my wife and my sister must have been at a party or something, and and they got they got pretty drunk, and uh, they drove over to the apartment, and they got there. I'd say at nine thirty or something, and I was like, "What the fuck? I told you not to come over here." while I'm watching wrestling and I was so mad and then she went in the bathroom and was crying and then I walked into the bathroom and like I can't even when I was at my meanest in my life making somebody cry was like something that I just I couldn't live with so I stopped watching wrestling I waited till wrestling was over I went to the bathroom I talked to her for a few minutes and I was like well you know, I told this, I said this the other day on the bonus show, we smoked cigarettes in my bedroom at that apartment. Like my bedroom was the smoking lounge and uh, we went in there to smoke and I was like, well, we can watch a movie and we watched Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and this is the only thing. She said she was scared and then I put my hand out and she like held on to my arm. So I can't, I don't no, if she hit on me or I hit on her, but that's the only time I can think that hitting on happened ever in my life. Okay, well, it worked one time. You got a hundred percent. It worked. That's all that matters. <laughs> By the way, I the was the try. bad guy. I was the bad guy in this story for oh, sure. Oh, we knew. I, yeah, everybody. I mean, knows. make it. I just, I just, I didn't want people messing up wrestling. You, we didn't have a VCR. You couldn't. I couldn't tape wrestling and you had weak boundaries. You, you, they let you let them crash over them. You should have I been know. more serious, you know, I know, but you know, now I'm married to her and, and everything is, everything is fine. 
But I was I so mean, mad she, that night. It's a woman worth uh, interrupting wrestling for. I mean, that says quite a bit. But she, she broke <laughs> but she every rule in the wrestling. book. <laughs> I finished watching wrestling. Sure. But yeah. Uh, that. Uh, so maybe she hit on me. Maybe she did not. Who fucking knows? But other than that, before that, uh, you know. Oh, I mushed this woman last week so bad. I felt horrible. I just was like in the moment. Um, but I was doing some consulting uh, stuff on the side and went to go meet up with her. And I went to drop off some work materials and I give it to her. And she's like, you're like always so reliable. Is there anything that I can do for you? And she kind of flips her hair and does all this stuff. And I was like, what do you got to offer? And her face got super red. And she was like, I don't know what I was. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't. She just kept saying, I don't. And then I was like, I mean, if there's a, a project we can collaborate on, I'll let you know, you know, and then like left. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I mean, but it is weird because how do you know? You know what I mean? Well, I knew because the way she fucking flipped her hair and stuck her, face down, or stuck her hip out. And All said, right, is there Lucas, anything I can do for you? Lucas, we're going to hang up. Your, your concert's going on, but thank you for calling. Uh, yeah, is there the, any the way we can I help? To, the, the headliner. Uh, can I just plug uh, some of the shows I've been to this weekend? Support your local scene. Listen to these bands. There's like four different bands from four different states playing this bill. Let me oh, drop fine. them real quick. Yeah. All right. So uh, the venue is the Wallingford American Legion. And the bands that are playing tonight are uh, Down With Rent, Alley Trash, Sophisticated Adult, No Honor Among Thieves, Lockout, Rake Fire, and A Lesser Place. Uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts. Um, last night, I went to Rednawa Collective in uh, Middletown, Connecticut. Saw Vomit Force and Restraining Order. Oh, they rock. Uh, Vomit Force, yeah. like, uh, they're so fucking good. And Restraining yeah, Order is like kind of 80s era well. hardcore sound. Yeah. So good. So fucking good. So go to shows. Be, if you're vaccinated and boosted and it's safe. And, um, and invite your friends and... Get all ages shit happening because when all the shows are at bars, like the it's just the dead, it's the end. So get all ages shows, get good spaces, support your local scene, go to shows. Love y'all. See you later. Peace. Thanks, Thanks for going in. Yeah, that's a that's uh that's tough. I mean, I don't know. I feel I don't know for something. I I don't expect anybody to ask act the way that I do. But something in my mind is like if anybody if anybody like sexually harasses me in like a job thing, like I feel like that's like freedom to do whatever you want you can react in any crazy way you want and people will think it's justified i mean it is justified actually for being a yeah. creep ass you should yeah you should totally uh be fucking embarrassed yeah yeah for sure what a weird situation that is though i mean he's right also about like women at work getting like just that's why i didn't want my daughter to to have to work at a place until she was like kind of old enough and confident enough to you know know what's going on yeah and luckily yeah. we we live in a world where the boundaries are like but like we luckily live in a world where like if somebody harasses you now it's very cut and dry and clear that they did it and like they will get in trouble it's not like when we were younger when like the manager was like like kind of lightly hitting on girls and then being like uh uh oh no i wasn't i wasn't doing anything you know when they turn them down so yeah yeah there's there's a tad bit more fear not enough 
There's like been a 1% increase in fear amongst men. Uh, we really need to turn the heat up though. Me too didn't do enough. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're moving in a better direction. I just think for, that- for sure. Way, I know it was hell when we were younger. It was fucking yeah. hell. I, I think about, uh, yeah, I, it keeps me up at night to think about all those weird situations where something sexual happens at work and you're like, fuck, I might've been on the wrong side. I had no idea what to do. I, I would have lost my job. You know, it's just like, it's very fucked up culture that we have. Yeah, that's what that's like what I'm trying to uh, that. Yeah, because it's it's like I just mean that the boundaries there's like I mean that the boundaries are clearly more clearly drawn. And if you take something to HR now, this completely is negated by small businesses, you know, but generally, if you work at a corporation, you take something to HR. I think uh, no, the I person mean, at least gets sanctioned, I guess. Probably not. Or I mean, it's still to. the same bummy. The chat says we're wrong. We haven't worked in the Oh, okay, enough. yeah. It's That's still true. crummy, same old sexist bullshit. Sorry, gang. We, we believe that maybe Zoomers had made a change, but nobody ever does. Um, no, we got somebody who's pro-journo on the, on the phone here. Let's get them in here. Hey there, yo, scholarly yo, yo, yo. person. <laughs> I know. Um... That is that is funny. Yes, I am pro journal. This is a pro journal call, so uh -huh. I uh, immediately had a reaction, and I wanted hey, to talk from the about beginning. It. I've said with Street Fight, do not yeah. trust what we say. Double check everything. Fact check. We are not the be all and all. We do not know what we're talking about. You need to find your authority elsewhere. So we're willing to to allow every voice be heard on this show. For sure. Well, I, I've been I've been on the other side of it um, as far as journaling goes. That when I first started doing it, it felt stupid and like pointless and weird, and because I had all these rules, you know, that I, I had to be a certain way. I had to write it like I was sitting down, like in, writing a letter to my, you know, d dearest, like or whatever, something like that. Very formal. Right. Your writing desk. Your roll top writing desk. Yeah. But the, yes, with, my, with a roll top writing desk, a quill, and a, and a candle, my candlelight, like it had to be had to be that. But something changed at some point, and um, I just kind of made my own. Like I took a took a regular notebook, that I a cheapo notebook that I bought from wherever, and like kind of put a put like a piece of hard plexiglass in the back of it, and then like a makeshift piece of like cardstock like you know card like card paper or colored card paper on the front and i made it mine and i filled it up just with crap with random crap some days it would be a drawing and other days it would be like one sentence like i had diarrhea like brian might have might that'd be a great entry i thought um but um it, it uh, some of some of some of them actually became more and more detailed and sometimes it's like i was in i'd be in such a state that I could barely like, you know, I'd be upset about something or having, you know, just, I couldn't really get words down, but eventually it started just becoming more natural and I wanted to do it. And I don't do it every day necessarily. You know, I try to, but I just try to focus on not judging myself when I do it. I, I start out every one, like I just give the date, the eight, you know, the, um, the date, day of the week, time of the days. It's the only thing that I've kept, is I kind of wanted to look back at some point because what the other thing that changed it for me was the thought, 
well, who gives a shit what I think? You know, that was my thought. Like, who gives a shit what I think? And my answer was, well, I give a shit what I think. And that's when I realized I wanted to read what I had to say. So really, all like, things that you write down yeah, are journaling, really, to me. Yeah, and it's interesting because you are saying, like, you, like there's a part of you in your mind that's like, who gives a shit what what I'm thinking about at any time. But like, I, I get, I do, you know, it, that's the, a good way that it's to relay it to me because it's like, sure. Nobody cares how I feel like in my heart of hearts at any given time, but like I do. And I know that cool. like my therapy has been like really great for me just in the respect, just, as in like, it makes me think about things and why things are happening. And I think, you know, everything in my life is, I find for some reason, and, and I don't, maybe this is like everybody. And I just think it's like special to me that like things clear up <clears throat> for me anytime that, uh, like things clear up for me anytime that I understand why something is happening or why this does so like thinking about where i'm at when i'm having these meltdowns uh might actually help i might act you might have just talked me into journaling somehow i mean it won't be like and i won't write i i i try to never write with a pen in my whole for the rest of my life but like uh typing stuff in on the phone i guess could be a pretty good exercise uh just to see how your thought processes work you know? Yeah, I, uh, I actually bought a, and this is another thing, like it, it seemed also stupid and kind of frivolous and pointless, but it's just another way to fuck some shit up. I went and bought a fountain pen. Like I made a joke about quills and stuff, but I mean, it's not one of those. It's just like a regular, you know, it costs like $15 at a store, but it, it's a fountain pen instead of a regular ballpoint. And it just writes so much smoother. And so it's, it's actually more like easier to write for me. I'm not having to fight the, the, the page. I don't like my wrist kind of suck. That was another thing, but it was just like, it kind of another thing that added on that made it easier and kind of more fun to do it. So yeah, wherever, and then wherever you like do it or however you do it, um, look back on it at some point, you know, and um, I don't know, I'm still in the process. I filled up one book. So um, one small like, I don't know how many pages it is. Um, and there's a lot of it in there too. That is definitely super embarrassing, but some of it's really good. You know, most of it is I just me, you know, fucking word diarying on the page, you know, and it, but some of it's actually like you know, cohesive thoughts with real, with real sentiments that have made myself cry. And the thing is, is I've looked back and as I remember, as I'm writing something, I'm like, this is like, doesn't make any fucking sense at all. This is so stupid. And then I go back and read it and I realize, I'll realize that I've been an asshole and mean and I'll really harsh on myself the entire time. And it actually sounds just fine. You know what I'm saying? You ever feel like that? Like it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I, I get it. Uh, that I, I, I think like you just gave me stuff to think about because again, when I see how things work, it tends to improve my my mental state quite a bit. Um, I think even that's what helped me in therapy was 
like this dude just telling me, yeah, man, that is uh, uh, not the way that people think uh, or most people think, which, which helps me because I feel like an incredibly normal guy. Do you prepare for your, um, your therapy like at all? Like beforehand, yeah. or you just walk in? I go in and, you know, he starts talking to me and, and, you know, I actually right. am getting a new therapist soon because he's moving. And uh, mm. one of the things and I'm thinking that make is that it, I think it would make it, I think it's going to make things good. I, I think okay. that. I think that what I think is that my doctor, um, that the guy I've been talking to has gotten me pretty far, but I also, uh, mm-hmm. uh, did not join therapy so I could get help with like my career or, or things like that. Like that's not what got me to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, we are spending a lot of time on what is going on in my mind right now that I don't think is being sort of, you know, the best that I got out of myself, the best, the, the most headway I made was when we were talking about like the root cause sources of my issues. You know what I mean? And well, like, uh, uh-huh. I would, I would love to, you know, sort of get back to, to kind of talking about root causes because you know basically now anytime i have a freak out or something he's like uh oh that's because your dad didn't like you very much and i'm like well okay but okay <laughs> but you know who knows who knows with me i i you know i'm a i'm a fickle guy everything changes in my mind and it is very weird but no i don't do any preparation for therapy because i don't know i just think the guy i'll go in there the guy will talk to me and and uh i'll come out and i'll feel better but yeah you're probably right too that i should prepare you know even like that might be that's what i started doing was like right before i would go into therapy um i would just try to i would try to remember what i talked about what we talked about last time so that I would have something to say from this time. And it's interesting when I would do that, I, I would come in with, you know, a totally different, like kind of um, not attitude, but like almost like a plan, you know, of attack for what I wanted to talk about. Um, and it would help me collect myself. That way I wouldn't come in as, cause I, I, sometimes I would go into therapy and then just be that kind of like a, a total mess. And instead of like anything happening, I would just, clam up and sh- like say nothing and then say, I'm fine for, you know, 40 minutes and get nowhere. Yeah. He knows that I'm, uh, he knows I'm not fine ever. So, <laughs> but, yeah. He, I mean, I like the guy, him leaving, I think is actually a good thing. I even started thinking about it later on where it's like, maybe you should switch therapists every, you know, I've been with this guy for two years. Uh, maybe it's good to switch every now and then and get a different view of, of <laughs> sort of who you are and, and through somebody else's eyes, I guess, you know, but someone else gaze upon. Yeah. This mess. yeah. And I also, <laughs> like I said, the thing that has to get pushed in on me a lot from people is that like in my mind, in my mind, I'm the most normal person in the world. And like, uh, uh, 
you know, and I'm chaotic in, in real life, you know, but like, I, I feel like the things that I believe are mainstream thoughts that everybody thinks. So what that does is, uh, when things go bad, I think I, and I'm thinking in a disastrous way. I think that everybody's thinking in a disastrous way because like, oh yeah, you know, uh, that's just how you react. That's how you react to stuff. And like, so I put my re I put my like shit on everybody else, you know? Uh, uh, mm -hmm. and like, you know, the big thing with me is, is, uh, uh, I was, I, I was a bully growing up, uh, for a good amount of time. And, uh, you know, even in my twenties and maybe even early thirties, I was kind of a bully and like, um, you know, I feel like I'm trying to pay that back, you know, and, uh, that puts me in situations that are like less than, less than great because like, I just assume everything's my fault and I take the blame for everything <laughs> so that it feels like I'm paying back that karmic debt. <laughs> but have you found that to be true? Yes. About, you know, 100%. about your, your opinion of yourself uh, at that time. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was like, not a good as, person. Or as bad, as bad as you. Right. Yeah. You so that means you be. deserve to be punished right now. That means you should be suffering today because of how awful you were before. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I think it's that's like, fair. I'm paying you back. I'm paying. That sounds like some shit from uh, yeah. Greek mythology. I'm paying the world back and, uh, is uh, what I'm saying. You know, oh, I was mean to, I was mean to, yeah, I was mean to this kid in high school. Uh, now, in order to pay the world back, anytime something bad happens, I say, oh, yeah, that's my fault. Actually, I did that. <laughs> and I start apologizing immediately. And uh, uh, it's a very weird fucking thing. But yeah, he has talked to me. Well. He, has, he has told me over and over again that, like, uh, my my self-esteem like me figuring out i was a bully tanked what self-esteem i had at the time and now like you just i just feel bad about it like for a nondescript amount of time and hope that like at some point i will have done enough to counteract that that my brain will be like oh yeah you're the the ledger's even now <laughs> I don't know if that's a possible or real thing. Well, I can tell you from my own personal, personal experience, uh, that uh, you, you and the show and Brett have, have made a major impact on my life in a very positive way and has gotten me through some very, very difficult times where I just was totally lost. And this was something that I was an anchor for me. So yeah. the effort that you've made, to make this, this thing in your life, um, has made a direct effect on this guy for sure. And, and what's funny, what the thing about that, that I will say is that like, I hear that a lot from a lot of people, especially when we're out on the road and we're doing stuff, but in my mind, I can't take that. I can't take it in that way where it's like, no, but that mm -hmm. doesn't count. You have to do stuff for the people, you know, people, people in your personal mm -hmm. life and shit like that. And, sure, and it's funny course. because like the people that I was mean to would never want to talk to me now anyway, and probably are on the other side of the meanness. thing. 
they'd be happy to feel to mm-hmm. know you're feeling miserable though you might want to tell them that you feel horrible all the time about it that might i should t- that, might, that might be beneficial that might cheer them up i should text like, hey, i should find them on facebook and be like oh you don't even know man <laughs> I go- Brian, Brian's on like a trillion step program where he's just been walking his whole life just trying to find people to apologize to. <laughs> Literally, yes. Yes, for real. I mean, <laughs> it's funny. Was that too, we were, was that too real? <laughs> yeah, in like 2015, one of the kids I was super mean to in high school, this is so weird. I was so mean to this kid. He messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, man, I noticed what you're doing and i really because he okay listen he was a gay kid and uh it was in groveport and i was 15 and uh, i don't think i ever like like specifically made fun of him for being gay but i specifically made fun of him for things he did and what i was probably saying is that and the thing but he he text he messaged me one time on facebook and he was like hey man i see what you're doing out there and and i really appreciate it and all this stuff and then uh for about a year i i uh kept up with him and we would message each other back and forth about wrestling because i think he really wanted to just talk to me about wrestling Because like he 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 had tried to message me a bunch of times about wrestling, and then he was like, "Hey man, I see what you're doing out there, and I I really it's really cool, and and I'm glad you sort of turned over a new leaf." And then the very next time, and then I answered him, I was like, "Oh man, thank you. That really makes me feel good. That uh, I appreciate it." And then every time after that, he messaged me. He was like, "Are you watching this wrestling? Are you watching WWE right now?" I was like, "Okay, maybe he just wanted the guy to talk about wrestling." <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that brings up a little, a little like a whole another thing, and like friendship, like friendships in older age, and how to keep them, and what they look like, and not recognizing them, and then yeah. watching them slip away. You know? Yeah, it's I mean, weird. That is also it's, weird. It's like uh, my daughter is always talking about how, like, you know, oh, these are my friends, and they're going to be my friends forever, and I'm like, man. <laughs> I would love to take you on a tour of all my old friends that are still alive. <laughs> I'd love you to see them right now. <laughs> you would, right. I, yeah, you wouldn't believe how close we were. Like it literally peas in a pod, sharing the same bed, friends <laughs> that like never again would never talk to them again. Yeah, now they're like really racist and <laughs> like all that stuff. They're Trump people, basically. But yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, she met one dude that I was friends with growing up because we were at the buckle and he was there buying pants. He's had like six pairs of those fucking really loud cargo pants mm-hmm. <laughs> get ready to go home. And we talked for like a few minutes, but I mean, there was just no chemistry anymore with any of those guys. Really? Well, I see right. every time there's a funeral. It's hard well, to keep it going. It, it, it is. And I, it's, it's something like, like when you grow up and growing up, it's like proximity is the only really thing that you have to decide, Oh yeah, that person's my friend because they fucking live near me. Right. You know, that's yeah. all you really have. And it's so fucking the worst. I mean, sometimes you look out and like a person's, that person is your real friend, but most of the time, hell no, my neighbor was a fucking piece of shit, you know? And yeah, I then- did not know that when I was a kid. 
See, but that's also because it's the same way we have childish-ass visions of romance and relationships that are related to Disney. We have the same thing for Friends. And, like, we're just we're taught that like if any of this stuff comes to an end it's bad it was a problem it's like people aren't supposed Mm -hmm. to get divorced friends aren't supposed to grow apart but like if someone really was a fucking high point in your life for 10 years and then they go away in the in the grand scheme of everything that's just like a good chapter of the book that's not really like a matter of oh i fucked up because i didn't hang on to them until the day i fucking die or until i hate them I mean, that's right. until I hate thing, them too. Right? Yeah, that's it's like it all too. these all these guys I were super loyal with growing up. Like, like we hate each other. Like, if I I, I always joke around about this, but it, like every time I go to Groveport, I feel like I'm gonna get punched in the back of the fucking head at some point. Like, if I go to the fireworks or something like that. Like that, it's a fifty fifty. What could the reaction to seeing me possibly be? Um, probably nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you people don't think about me at all or haven't thought about me since high school and uh, especially the kids. Cause like I said, I was terrible at being, I like, wasn't an ultra mean, I was mean, but like, yes. I, I also had a lot of friends, I guess, which means you get friends. Yeah. yeah, actually yeah. you're right. In high school, you get friends by being mean to me. <laughs> it's a packing order. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, sure. thanks for calling in. You got me yeah, talking. I enjoyed it. I'm, yeah, that was yeah, that was good. I think like we made, okay. Uh, our time, I'm sorry, but our time's up. Um, well, same time next week, and um, that's all I got. All right. Well, thanks for me calling. And, my and I do every two weeks right now. <laughs> okay. But I was at every okay. month. I was at every month, dude, for a period. Now I'm every two weeks. But what are you gonna do? I hate going to it. Um. Yeah, let's uh, let's get another uh, next call. I, here's a, I don't want to. I do not want to be a negative ass shitting all over the party type person. Um, so I'll just say real quick. My issue is that I understand the power of journaling. I did it for a brief period in my life, and it felt amazing. And once again, I'm not reliable. I don't feel reliable enough to stick to anything. Um, and also, I ordered a Mont Blanc pen a Meister, whatever it's called. It's like a $400 pen. I oh, got Jesus. the, I got the bootleg for 40 bucks. I found it on a Chinese website for the Meister stuck Montblanc pen. So I have smooth rolling action right at my fingertips, ready I mean, to how go. How great does it feel really? Because I mean, you know how I am a $400 pen just really speaks my language. It's the uh, weight dog. It just feels like you're working right out. It feels like you're working out with your fucking hand. <laughs> It's like hefty. It's smooth. Um, it looks nice. It has a little velvet bag that you can keep it in. Are you mad at like uh, capitalism for making the mass-produced pins so shitty? Like you get this really nice pen, and you're like, "This is what motherfuckers were writing with." Like for a very yeah. long time, people were just like they had a fountain pen and they had to keep filling it, you know. But it was nice. No, no, this is the Donald Trump pen. I basically looked up what pen oh. Donald Trump had and bought that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a modern pen. There's there's all kinds of sickos that have thousand dollar. Sylvester Stallone has a line of pens that are about three thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. How and, it, and they're 
and you just have a little tiny cartridge that you fill them up with. There's no, there's no, it's not messy at all. And they don't leak anywhere. I travel with mine. I also have one of those plastic pens. Uh, what, what are those plastic pens that are really fun? Um, I don't remember the name of them, but they're good. Trump uh, or plastic or, yeah, fountain Howard, pen. Howard Stern got into them during the pandemic. Got like way into pens and like would spend long portions of his show talking about the pens that he likes that are super. I mean, like, you know, he doesn't say the prices, but you know what he's saying. Yeah, you can spend a lot, but I, I mean, they are fun. I, I, uh, I, like I said, I enjoy them. You can get started. The one that I have is 20 bucks. I want to look up the name of it uh, and make sure because this one is like, it's such a good gift too. Um, it's the Kawiko, it's a Japanese Kawiko sport. K-A-W-E-C-O. It's a little plastic fountain pen. It's so fun to pull out. Everybody asks you about it when you pull it out too. They're like, what is that? You're like, it's a cheap little pen. I don't give a shit about it. You want to have it? You can hand it out as favors if anybody <laughs> asks. You can be a big shot with it. And then I'm you keep your mop the- blocks. You keep your bootleg mop blocks at home. I'm looking at mop blocks website. <laughs> yeah. I love one of these. I'll get you the, <laughs> I'll get you the Fugazi one. I mean, even like you can get them off DH gate, I'm sure, for less. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, they got Next. a wallet too. So I'll get that. Uh, thanks for going Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello, a skeleton? Hello, hello. There's a, a jangling bone skeleton on the line. You don't want to. You don't want to get hung. I, I mean, you got to hit the mute button. I know. Brandon. You got to hit that mute button. Brendan. Mute it up. We're talking to you. I hope you Brent. did not pass away while waiting to be on this show. That would be a terrible death. Or I hope you didn't like, I don't know, like work call that now you're like stuck doing a spreadsheet or something like that. You never know. Hello. Yeah, I, oh, we I, mean, lost I think you. they've left this world. They're screaming at their phone. They're going to be screaming at their phone here in a minute for sure. What the fuck? I missed it. Well, just call back in. We'll get. We to got it. time. If you're in, and also if you're in the chat, you want to jump in. You're pro journal. You know, yeah. we want to hear from you. If you know where I can get a more expensive pen than four hundred dollars, I'm <laughs> interested. The sliced alone pen is the ultimate waste of money ever. It's incredible. You can pull it out at parties. You could show somebody a picture of your sliced alone pen. And I think that it would get a lot of reactions. It would get people talking, you know, and it lets people know, like, you got it like that. I just think, like, if I'm going fancy pen, you know, I'm uh-huh. getting those ones where when you click the button, the lady gets naked. You know what I'm talking I mean, about? Those, you can get a fancy pen. You can get those for about 10 cents a piece if you're willing to buy a hundred of them. <laughs> naked lady. If they're just becoming a guy. That every time, every time you see them, they have a different naked lady pen <laughs> instead of a fancy. Oh yeah. Oh, what's that pen in your hand? Oh, just a naked lady for a me. Brunette, a brunette this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so times used to be so stupid. It, it just like Spencer's, oh, come on. I call it the Spencer's gifts area era. Like, which I guess there's probably still Spencer's gifts people. I'm just so far removed from them that because my neighbor across the street was straight up like uh, into bumper stickers all over the car funny bumper stickers which you don't even see those anymore at all like he had my own neighborhood's identity he had one ohio everybody wears all of their 
political beliefs on their car and <laughs> right, all of their punchlines. You don't see like I was born at night, but not last night on the back of a car. Sure. Or Correct. I'd rather push a Chevy than drive a Ford. Or fuck like you, you fucking fuck. Yeah, or divorce. The screwing you get from the screwing you got. That was that was a really good one <laughs> from back in the day. That my but my neighbor had like funny ones all in the back of his car, <laughs> and he would buy any fart gift or like any kind of like Spencer's gifts thing. And I feel like that kind of person is just. I guess they probably still exist. I'm just so far separated from them. Maybe I need to meet a Spencer's Gifts guy and just yeah. talk to him a little bit. You know, what, what a time to lie! What a time to be alive! Made this one famous. But if you're gonna ride my ass, at least pull my hair. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate funny things so much. Dude. I love them. Oh. I went, dude. I went to Spencer's recently, and they have some all right sex stuff there. <laughs> okay, not bad. <laughs> And they've got cheap <laughs> earrings. They have cheap earrings. They have cheap incense. And they have like every uh, cartoon thing you could ever fucking want. I like the rebrand of, of uh, Spencer's. Do they have, let me ask this. Do, do they have uh, like fart spray? No, or like I didn't. No fart spray, which that's what I, I bought. No fart spray. It was a big aerosol bottle like full of like Lysol or something like this, uh -huh. but on the outside of it, it said fart spray. And then like, it, we would like really get a good chuckle out of like, uh, when somebody farted, it'd be like, Oh, go get the fart spray. That's a good time. Spencer's, yeah. Go to Spencer's for a good time. That sounds great. They just don't, you can find better funny shirts on yeah like bootlegs like if you go look don't go for reckless like, enough it's still mall like you can't get online killed it because you can go on etsy and get the most depraved shit ever it's hard to go to the mall and get like a a, a, a mr pickles tickle party shirt or something whatever it's supposed to be thank you yeah i just watched that documentary about uh abercrombie and fitch and uh <laughs> They fucking got in trouble for a bunch of their shirts. And uh, oh, I was, they, they had a few of them that they got in like a lot of trouble for. And it was like the beginning of the downfall of Abercrombie and Fitch. I mean, I, I mean, I worked in the wake of they had a Wong's laundry That's service. It? Two Wong's can make it white. That yes. was the big case that was put forth. I worked in the wake of that. We had to do diversity training, like the, the worst diversity training that you could imagine. And it was so forced and it, and they were like, we're bringing in a chief diversity officer. And yep. it was just like, everything was just so glad handy and just cynical and insincere. And they were just doing it because it, because the courts made them. Yeah. You got to see this dude. You got to see this thing. Cause that's the exact shirt that they bring up. And there's a couple other ones. There's some like Mexican ones that are a little that are kind yeah, of the tacos too. Yeah. And they claim that they ordered them all back to the store and then burned them. So nobody could ever have one. But like, yeah, the diversity officer guys in the documentary and you know, I, it's decent. It's, it's not my favorite thing I've seen, but it, it did have like, I forgot how they just kept getting in trouble there near the end before they're still open now, but they, it's a whole new thing, you know? My favorite part about it was uh, seeing the old Mad TV sketches because those were funny as fuck. That ripped. That ripped. That actually, the the uh, 
That was actually funny. Uh, it had Ike Barinholtz in it, which I, yeah. I couldn't believe. I didn't know he was a mad TV guy. And what it oh, really? made me, and what it made me think was like maybe I should do a a little mad TV miniseries because I was Oof. so against mad TV growing up. Like I really. Yeah, I was an SNL guy. And the way that you, the, the reason is, is that same thing I've talked about a lot when I was working for the cable company where I wanted to be, like where I wanted to be like a higher station in life. Like I pictured like lowbrow stuff. Like I can't be into that because I'm already white trash. Sure. <laughs> I think is the way I thought. And, and Mad TV was like for... I mean, to be honest, Mad TV was like the working class version of SNL. I loved it. It, it was. It yeah, reminded it, me of In Living Color. It did. It did. Now that I think about it, but back then I just I saw it and I was like, "This is not funny." Um, I need to watch Saturday Night Live, which is actually funny. Well, he, so just sorry, a sad update of uh, right of the minute. Uh, there is like you can go and get the the racist Chinese Abercrombie shirts. There are print-on-demand services ready to make them for you whenever you want to buy them for twenty dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yeah, you can type it if you type it on Twitter, like the word "t-shirt." They'll they'll be like, "I can make that for you." Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we'll it, it. it is a bummer, but it was it was very fucking. I don't know. I would love to see more like sort of deep dives into that mall culture stuff because there was a lot of weird shit going on in that goddamn movie. And I I yeah. was like, the funny thing is, is like. I never went into an Abercrombie and Fitch store back then because I was the other kind of guy. The funny yeah. thing about watching that documentary to me was they were like, everybody had Abercrombie and Fitch clothes. And I was like, not everybody. There was a whole other group yes. of people that would never be caught dead in them. And they shopped at DJs and Chess King and like, uh, uh, you know, or bought basically yeah, Fat Farm. Yeah, Fat Farm, Fox Racing. Uh, Mecca USA stuff, you know? Yeah, you get to see how the other half lived. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, my God. There, I, I looked up funny bumper stickers, Brett. Uh, you know, the, they don't do bumper stickers as much. They do the window decals, right? Who? You know what I'm talking about? Like the window decals that people get. that They're yes. not bumper stickers. Vinyl. Yeah. Vinyl cutouts. Yeah. There's one that says, I support offshore drilling. But it has a boat yeah. and uh, one person with another fucking somebody from behind. <laughs> like, yeah. Like on it. I do too. Yeah. These are terrible shirts. I mean. I mean, the, the, the one right now. So the biggest in the game right now is show me your butthole. I've seen show me your butthole hats at several concerts. I've seen them on the back of several cars. It's very popular right now. Um, I eat ass. It's people, there's a lot of people getting into that kind of stuff, showing off for that reason. Yeah. Um, and then there is like, there's a lot of anime cars also out there that have horrible things on the back of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I mean, there, I, I see some kind of clever ones. Like there's a car that has like a, uh, the, the uh, exhaust looks kind of like an HDMI thing. And they, they have the sticker that says HDMI with an arrow pointing down. That's like kind of clever to me, but uh, hey, they're all. I, like, I say crass I'm looking at all of those. 
I, I mean, I just, I would just want to straight up save a horse, ride a cowboy. That's all I want on the back of my fucking car. What about this one? Without men, civilization would last until the oil needed changing. That is one that I just saw. <laughs> Men's rights. I like, I want to, actually, you know what, Mike, maybe I'll get a license plate cover that says this vehicle runs on 100% bitch juice. I like those ones too. Those are cool. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. the angry, there's lots of angry women. There's a lot of equality and like bumper stickers where women are being disgusting on the back of their cars these oh, yeah. days, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'll, I'll see if I can find another funny one. Uh, we got one more to go unless somebody else calls. This is our last one. Yeah, you can call and talk to us or, or don't call and talk to us. But uh, Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is uh, Sterling from Indiana. What's Howdy. up, Sterling? Sweet name. I used to listen to a DJ named Thank Sterling. You. Nice. I collect uh, Sterling beer memorabilia from around the area here. Real? Oh, the, the, okay, I get what you're like. The uh, brand of beer? Yeah, yeah. It's like a PBR adjacent level stuff. That's incredible. Like, do you have, uh, let me ask if you have, because this is something I've always wanted. Do you have a neon sign? Not neon, but it's like a backlit kind of bar sign, but it's not neon. Oh, that's pretty cool. I love, I love those. Like, I, I, you know, I used to hang out with this girl whose mom worked at the bar and she would let us go up there and play pool and like, she would get a lot of the uh, stuff like after they were done using it, the cutouts and shit. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. They look so cool. That's like the best era of branding ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. Yeah. I'm not going to bring up the biggest blemish on the Sterling record, but I'm just going to say uh, raise hail, praise Dale and uh, keep it moving. He, he did kill the, yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Took an angel from us. There was a Sterling that did take an angel from <laughs> us. Oh, all right. Uh, so, so what's up, Sterling? Oh, not much. Uh, I wanted to call in. I recently quit my job at a pretty large uh, cable adjacent company. Uh, I'll just oh, say shit. we get our signals from the sky instead of from a pole. Oh, um, oh my God. Nice. So I want to. I know chat where you get the it. Cable industry. Really? Yeah, we hated you, by the yeah, way. Man. I'm just going to tell you that if you oh, it, if it, you it, install satellite, the cable guy hates your fucking guts. For sure, because we just open the box and steal all the cable and steal your yes. ground. And fuck everything up, too. They just they'll go in the house and just oh, fuck yeah. everything up. And then uh, inevitably, because the thing about cable and paying for TV and stuff is that like you have to switch companies every three to five years and and like to get the better maybe deal even less. yeah yeah because you're not once they got you they start treating you like oh i just got you you know what i mean like but then somebody right. will come to your door and be like hey i can get you you know internet for 75 dollars like i was paying like over almost 200 dollars uh like a like uh, a year ago just for internet basically and um then they came up somebody else came over said i'd get fiber for 70 bucks a month and i was like boom i'm out and i switched and then i'll Making end up switch. having to switch again 
in three years. And like, so when people get satellite installed, it's only a matter of time before they go back to cable. <laughs> right. And then you have to rerun the lines because we fucked it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they do on Craigslist. I, they do, dude. It's crazy. Like, because like I, I've gone to like two, I've gone to a few houses that like were five years old that already have a dish on the side of it and already have had cable. I mean, and the thing about keeps, dish like, growing though, around the meter box. And the thing about dish though is it does involve more of an upfront investment. Like you have to get that equipment. And that's like the thing. That's how we used to always talk people out of getting it. Or that's how they used to tell us too. I never talked to anybody out of anything, but, uh, they would be like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just tell them you don't have to pay for the equipment. That that's the real shit. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I don't care. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not a salesman. You're just the installer. Yeah. What were you doing? Installing? I was installing as well, yeah. But our company had, in addition to just installing, you had to upsell um, all kinds of shit, like sound bars, uh, security cameras, um, <laughs> the HDMI cables. Like That was the top metric that you had to meet every month. And you're going to these people with fixed income. Uh, who just want to be able to watch like the local news and you're expected to sell them all this extra crap on top of their already overpriced service. Right. So they have, they, they make you a salesman along with Cause we're, the, uh, the actual work, the hard work you're doing where you have to climb around and, and drill and stuff like that. Exactly. Cause you're already in the house. You're the in-home expert. Yeah. That's what they call you know those. what? I, I always wished, I just ha had always uh, uh, wished that, they, that, that you could hook it up from outside and never have to go in. That, that would have been an ideal fucking job for me, was like, I would still yeah. be doing it if I never had to talk to a customer. But like upselling is so bad on all sides because like, I don't want to be upsold. I don't want you trying to sell me more than I ordered what I want and I don't want an upsell. Exactly. I actually had this happen like a couple days ago, man. My wife had the door open cause it was nice outside and, uh, a guy in a suit with a fedora on and another dude showed up and they were like, what, what do you think? What room you think has the most traffic in your whole house? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess the kitchen. They're like, why don't you let us come in and clean your kitchen for you? Uh, we'll give you this free, <laughs> this free Clorox wipes if you let us come in and do it. And this is like right after my ketamine treatment. And I was like, dude, I, I am like wasted. I told him I just had surgery. And I was like, I can't, I can't right now. I can't. And he was. I get ketamine treatments. I can afford a fucking box of wipes. <laughs> he goes, he, he goes, no, but you know, you, if I'll clean, you will not believe how clean your kitchen's going to get. And I was like, I'll just do it myself. I don't need dudes, you know, trudging in and out of my house. And I think it was a Kirby, right? 
that had to, it had to be a Kirby guy. Uh, uh, and uh, I finally just was like, no, man, I'm not doing it. I'm done. And uh, he made me give him back the Clorox wipes. No, <laughs> I swear to fucking God. He's like, can we get those Clorox wipes back? Wow. So what was the nastiest house you ever had to go into as a cable guy? There's two of them. There was one uh, uh, that it wasn't even in the house that I was supposed to work at. I was in this trailer park. It, it, like, I think about it all the time to this day. There was this like, just very old lady in there alone with trash up to her ankles. Like that it's all you could see was trash in the house. And uh, I, I felt horrible after seeing that. But the worst one really was like, and it pissed me off because they were like pretty young. They, they could have cleaned. They could have cleaned their goddamn house. And uh, they yeah. just had like dishes running from the sink out to the front door. Like there were so many dishes, they were running like a path of dishes Oof. to the front fucking door in the house. Guy was standing next to me eating a, what's that, a five-way, Brett? The, uh, yeah, uh, from Skyline? Skyline thing, yeah. With beans, he, cheese, onions. What yeah. is the other two? Jalapenos? I don't know what I've, the fifth is. I've not, I've only had Skyline once. I hate it, but he's eating Skyline. He's eating a five way off of a styrofoam thing in his hand, right? He's holding like the styrofoam thing. He doesn't have anything else like going on. And uh, he's dripping this chili all over the floor and just kind of rubbing it in with his foot. Like he, he wasn't like even just leaving it there. He was making sure to, you know, fucking get it in the carpet yeah. so you couldn't see it. And uh, I went to change his modem out and I leaned down and I got on my knee. And when I picked when I got up and stood up, my knee was soaking wet. Now were ants all over it. And uh, I was like, hold on Ooh. a second. I got to I got to go get something out of the van real quick. And I just started the van and drove away and uh didn't come back in because i was just like this is no yeah man. That, nope that was what they taught us in training to say if you were in one of those situations just like hey i need to go grab some equipment i'll be right back and then you dip <laughs> go get out Mark. of there as fast as you can because i mean i i found i would say that the hardest thing i found about working for the cable company is that i'm at work in somebody else's house i i think like mm -hmm. it it shows you there's like two sides to it right i know how people live like i've been in enough people's houses that i know how people are living and most people pretty clean not right. too bad they're messy there. yeah they just have some shit strewn about that they're embarrassed about but then there there was like we used to talk about all the time and i still stand by this i do not trust anybody that goes by tj just like yeah. tj is like a red flag immediately because this dude named TJ used to let his dog shit on the floor and he just thought that picking it up and spraying it was enough. And it's like, your whole house smells like dog shit. I'm never yeah. coming back. I'm never coming back to this place. Dude, I'm telling you, man, some, I couldn't believe how people's houses smelled, which I get it though, because when I leave, when we go, when, when we would go on tour, I would come home and my house would smell yep. different, but it doesn't sound bad. It, my house didn't smell bad. It just didn't smell normal. And uh, uh, like, uh, it become, wasn't a neutral You become so smell. accustomed to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you become like, so accustomed to your own personal smell. Yeah. But when you go into like, I would say that the, like 40% of people's houses either just smell like armpits or like hot dookie. Like that is what uh, like most people's houses smell like. A lot of people, but I, uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I hated being in somebody else's house, having to explain things to them. And if I couldn't do what they wanted me to do, like that was always just, I mean, it was really the most, some of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. Like when I couldn't fucking run an outlet to another room because there just wasn't a way to get it done. And like, uh, you have to clean their house. Yes. You have to start putting shit in boxes and moving it out of the way to, to like get to anything. I'll tell you one thing though. I'll say this about people when it, when it comes to, uh, uh, and this is going to make all of you feel better. This is something, and I'm sure you'll agree with me too, Sterling behind everybody's TV is very dusty yeah and every time you go to pull the tv out they apologize and they're like oh i'm so embarrassed about the dust and i'm like dude everybody <laughs> i've been meaning to get exactly. to that i've been beating they, myself up eternally they don't internally it. since i got to the place about it yeah yep <laughs> they haven't seen it since the last cable guy was there yes yeah. yeah. And it's not a big fucking deal. It's not gross. No, it's, it's not like That's shit or anything like that. But people apologize yeah. to you for dust all the time. And it just is like, man, you know, dust is just like a thing. Like nobody's, I'm not, could, I don't think your house is filthy if it's dusty behind yeah. your TV. <laughs> right. I'd rather have dust there than cockroaches crawling out of the, like, the set top box. Oh, God. We yeah. Did somewhat they, frequently. They would. Yeah, they, they gave, we had to carry bags in case a roach crawled out of the box yep. so we could put them in the bag and return them. But yeah, roaches, a lot of roaches spend a lot of time in, in, in the cable boxes and people, I mean, it just, I, I don't know. I, I get it. I mean, you know, obviously some people are like grow up without knowing how to clean. You know what I mean? Or, or yeah. having any sort of way to figure it out. And, and I mean, the other thing about the cable company was like, you, you will be very surprised at how little you know about how a house gets built until you're working, <laughs> doing something like that. Cause I remember like my boss would be like, what, you don't know how the fucking house is built. And I'm like, no, I don't know They're how a house is built. I don't know how a car is built. Houses are fucking miracles to me. Yeah, they also have some pretty crazy. There's no agreed upon thing, and they were all built like in different generations with different standards. And you don't really know what the fuck you're getting into when you're a house in front of you. It's just a clusterfuck. That's the thing that 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 like absolutely like struck me with fear owning a house was like as soon as we dig into this wall, it's going to be the biggest pain in the ass I've ever had in my fucking life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would find myself like, you know, you're up in somebody's attic and they're apologizing for the attic. And it's like, there is not a good attic out there. Nobody 
has a good attic. It's a Never. miserable thing. And why would they put attics in these houses either? Because it, it's not like usable. It's too hot. It's so pointless. The MI homes situation, like the uh, uh, prefab, not prefab, but the houses that like 90 per like a, a huge percentage of Americans live in and subdivisions are just they can be a real fucking nightmare uh gonna be really tough so did you have any crazy people get really mad at you while you were standing in their house um I was never like attacked or anything like that we I mean we Dealt with, it was southern Indiana, southern Illinois, kind of northwest Kentucky, so lots of Confederate flags, um, lots of slurs. So just trying to keep a straight face while you have to like watch somebody talk like that or act like that or see that in their house is tough to deal with because you have to keep like you, you have to provide good you, customer service to these people because they're the ones paying your bills. And it's a that's a really weird situation to be in too. Uh, I mean, I think know. I think more than anything. I don't want to be judgmental of people that are in crisis or that like can't control their own circumstances. Cause like I started off the show explaining how I can't control mine, but like the ex expectations from the job are way more than any sort of job posting would lead you to suggest or, or like even that they would pay you for like the hazard pay that you should get for having to go, go into a stranger's house. Imagine you rolled a dice and you had to go into a stranger's house and spend an hour there. Like how much would you have to get paid to do that? I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to do it for and, 500 bucks. And COVID on top of that, like we did, we got masks and hand sanitizer. We did not yeah. stop going into people's houses. We, they laid people off. So our workload was higher. We were in more houses. Our region and was people, not particularly high in mask usage. Yeah. And people are just so, again, it's like, Brett, I mean, you're just, you're It's. It's like you've like walked into a sovereign country is how yeah. I always felt when I was going into somebody's house. Yeah. It was like, oh, great. Like, like, what is this person going? What's this guy's problem going to be? <laughs> and most people were super nice. And like, uh, uh, I never, I, I had trouble with people who were, you know, there are a lot of people that are wake up very, that are mad at the cable company. Uh, it's a very unpopular. Yes, you're the only face that they ever see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's you're the only face they ever put to that thing. company. Yeah, the shittiest thing about cable, I'll tell you this. The other shitty thing about cable is you drive in that big truck, and and like yep. you have this area, and people will fucking chase you down and ask you to come fix their shit without setting up an appointment. Give and me like give me a free time. remote. <laughs> yeah. You just don't have time. You have zero time. They don't they don't budget time in for people that chase you down and start banging on your window and asking you to come to their house and look <laughs> at their thing. Like fucking crazy. And then you'll be like, well, you need to call and make an appointment. They're like, oh, why? You know, they get all mad at you. But I mean, that's really the job, right? Like there aren't a ton of jobs left out there where you go walk into somebody's house and they scream at you. But that job is always going to have that. And it's funny. It's the lowest paying of the utility jobs, too. That's the fucking other thing that yeah. makes me nuts. Electricians or plumbers or anything like that that's coming into somebody's <laughs> home. 50 bucks an hour. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling. It's nice to go down memory lane absolutely. about the, the craziest years of my life. We got one more call. And I'm, uh, I'm going to. I was going to say, I'm glad to be out of it. <laughs> I'm moving yeah. into a, a commercial low voltage electrician situation, so like security cameras and access control. So Hi. never dealing with another house, another residential customer, um, just like institutions, schools, and universities. So, isn't it looking forward to using the skills how, that they provided me? Is it funny how there's like almost nobody out there that? Uh, uh, does customer service and they're like, I want my Jack's job to be like in customer service, man. <laughs> I really love the public. Yeah, I really love doing customer service. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. Uh, long time listener, yeah. first time calling in. So uh, it's good to talk to you. Uh, y'all have a good rest of your night. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good one. See ya. Isn't that funny though, Brett? Like the, the, the big thing you're digging out of in this new, in, in the world now, like how people call like late capitalism or whatever, is like you're mostly just trying to dig out of customer service. Like we're all fighting and clawing and, and just trying to get on the other side of the customer service job where you don't have to talk to the customers. Yeah, I know. I mean, that was the same even for me doing like collections was like just hearing on people's day-to-day -day lives, it sucks. Seeing how yes. people live, knowing what most people are doing during the day is fucking depressing as fuck. Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. When, I, when I, so I did collections, people would just be like, tell me all these crazy fucking stories about their money and about how they ended up like this. And I'm like, you know what? I get it. I'm paid yeah. to collect on this money. Someone's listening in on the line right now, but... uh. I can't ask you for a fucking dollar. You've yes. been through hell. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it, it's really, it just one of the, seeing how people live in their house, I feel like is one of the things that gave me some perspective in life. It, it, sure. it told me where I am. Sure. In, in like the society, you know? Yeah. All right. Last call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, yes. Uh, this is Grayson from Orange County, California. Um, Fixer Punk in the chat. Thank you for taking my call. No problem. Glad to I have hear you. from you, Grayson. Yeah. Um, so I want to call in kind of a bit more on the bit more on the personal side, hearing about all these uh, different therapy experiences. Um, to share a little bit of my own, um, I have a, I have multiple diagnoses, um, Asperger's syndrome since childhood, ADHD since childhood, um, some lingering issues from the concussion that I've mentioned on prior calls. And unfortunately, aside from the time I did the neurofeedback therapy, which is the one where they put electrodes on your head and you're looking at a screen and basically it regulates your brain based upon the input. Um, that you're seeing from the EEG electrodes. Other than that, just about every single form of psychotherapy that I've tried has just been pretty much a waste of time. But I still feel like even with um, ADHD medication and with the almost miraculous level of improvement that I had with the, um, with the neurofeedback when I did that back in like 2019, like I still need a yeah. bit more help. So 
Um, I've gone through, gone therapists and basically to help me with just the fact that I'm completely and entirely disorganized and, um, have like a very low, like, um, level of like stress tolerance and, and mental endurance when it comes to my, when it comes to my work in particular, I just cannot find myself doing things, productive things for long enough to actually make an impact, um, on my, uh, on whether it be my, my work or my personal life. And it's funny you're talking about like disorganization and dirty house um, issues and stuff like that, because um, whenever any sort of service person comes over to our house and they have to come into my room, unfortunately, I still live with my mother. Uh, my mom always apologizes profusely for my room. And it's just a little bit messy. I'm just, I'm kind of disorganized, but they're always telling her, oh, wow, this is, this is extremely, extremely well well kept. I, even uh, when I think she was doing a refinance on the mortgage, they would tell her, this is probably the neatest house I've seen like in, in weeks um, because she's very meticulous about that. But I'm So she's just trying to neck your ass. She's just going after you in front of them. Uh, uh, no, not really. I think it is genuine, but she knows that because I'm ADD that, I, that I'm not as organized as, uh, as she is. But yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I need help to basically try to think, basically to, to stay clear and to figure out strategies to work around my ADHD and all of my problems to actually be effective in achieving my, my goals. And whenever I go to therapy, it's pretty much just like a, uh, sometimes my mom will say, it sounds like you're giving the therapist therapy. And a lot of times because I'm in, I, I have not so great health insurance, I'm dealing with some sort of student or intern. And maybe it is that they are, in fact, actually learning from me at some time. Maybe that's what she gets that when, like when I'm on Zoom or whatever. That's what she's noticing. But it, the therapy has been relatively ineffective because um, I'm not really learning much. There isn't like a good plan. There isn't any end point. Um, and this has been with numerous therapists. And it's never really felt like there was actually a goal that was being worked to and certainly not to help improve my focus or improve my ability to perform um, in my work or my personal life. So I've gone out and I've found all these different, there are all these different like programs that call themselves like coaching programs. Like there are ones that are specific to ADHD. And then there are these ones that say that they basically do entire like healthy lifestyle transformation coaching where it's, they include they they include what they call the mindset coaching and then also the and also fitness related coaching in the same package, and it really seemed like the guy I spoke with he seemed to understand more of like these are the strategies you need to do to work around your problems with your ADHD. This is why you're having trouble in uh, with uh, with dealing with stress uh, in your job, um, and this is what we can do about it. But then at the end, the price tag. Uh, 12-month program, meeting with them every week for 30 minutes. Um, you want to take a guess? Uh, 30 every minutes week, a week. For 200 bucks. Every, how much? I say $200 a week. 200 So you're saying for the whole year? Yeah. You're putting 10000 Yeah. 200 bucks. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it was actually $8,000. Um, okay. and so I, and I, would just, I, uh, yeah, 
yeah, I was just thinking, okay, I'm looking at this and this isn't like when I did some research into some of the things he, this guy was telling me didn't sound all too, all too credible, like saying that taking a cold shower was equivalent to doing like a half hour of cardio. I don't know how <laughs> legit of a claim that is. Not at all. Um, <laughs> I would be some doing of it that. Did make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think the problem is, I mean, the thing is, is that, um, like when I wish, listen to Brian talk, he believes in the authority of doctors and I don't have that inside of me at all. <laughs> like, I know they know what they're talking about, but I also see them all as like fallible and, uh, it's going to be hard for a person like me to get in, anything together. You know, like I do fine and people, rely on me and I do what I do, but it's not going to be in any sort of like standard fucking fifties house husband type added. Like, I don't know. It just always seems like they want to make you the perfect worker and like an American Patriot. And that if you can get by, by other means, it's, it's not acceptable. I don't know. Did psychic ghastly said I splashed yeah, some cold water when I want to get quick cardio. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, or my prior therapist kind of had the opposite problems. They're like, well, if you're not making enough money or you're not working hard enough, then that just, that means you're okay. Everybody is different. And I'm like, well, I'm not pulling as much money as I should be pulling because I, I, I work as a consultant um, and I'm not, I'm not making what I, what I, what I should be making. It's like, well, well, that's okay. And then just try to make me feel better about my, about my lack of, my lack of performance. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just thinking, am I being ripped off here? Because th these people, when you go to these like coaching programs, it's kind of unregulated. So the guy I was talking to, um, his background seems to be like doing IT work and being a personal trainer and has a master's degree in an unrelated field. And I know that like an actual psychologist who specializes in ADHD and autism, especially is going to run me in my area, like, yeah, probably like 250 up to 400 something dollars a week for an hour long session. But I'm like, how do I know this isn't, this isn't a scam that I'm getting myself into because I'm giving this guy $8,000 with no cancellation clause. Yeah. My, <laughs> and I don't want to, I, mean, I don't want to if, give if you, if you, if you believe in it, then you can make it work for you. I don't know. I feel like most of life is a narrative. I think that like inside you have an internal dialogue. If you can tell yourself and you're in like a transformative period and that you're going to do something, I feel like that's what most of it is. I feel like most of the chuckleheads that I see, they're proud of themselves and don't mind, you know, living in the suburbs. Like they're just okay with what they do and, and that's it. And I'm super jealous of it. <laughs> I, I also... I mean, for me, and don't listen to me as like, please don't. Uh, I am weary of anybody calling themselves a coach that's not like involved with sports. Yeah. <laughs> like that always makes, I, I'm so like, it, it would take a lot for me to be convinced of it, if that makes sense. You know, like I just, I think what I wanted from my therapy was somebody to just tell me what to do. But as I've gone through it, I think, uh, I think I'm yeah. actually, you know, learning that's not what I wanted. 
Yeah, yeah, I want somebody who's ta- who can tell me what to do, but has the critical thinking uh, and the awareness to know when something will not work in my specific situation, not just to be reading off a script or reading off a manual, just yeah, to gain right, rope man. practice. That's what I've yeah, that's how I feel right yeah. now. I'm way um, too early in the process to be complaining. and I'm going to go with it. And I realize they have to, it's going to take several interactions for them to realize how fucked up I am. But I also, yeah, that, that's where I'm at at this point is like, um, yeah. I, I don't want to hear that working out every day is good for you. I know that I fucking resist it. Yeah. What, what then? What do I do? Don't, I don't know. There's no trying. This isn't Yoda bullshit. There is no try. I'm not going to try to work out every day. I'm never going to do it. So now what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think like if coaching was really a person like telling you what to do and, and anyway, as soon as somebody tells me what to do, I'm like, fuck you. You know, I know who are you to tell me what to do? I'm fucking smart. You know what I mean? It's why if my if my therapist tries to give me work advice, I'm like, man, you don't know what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get all mad at him. <laughs> yeah, your therapist doesn't understand the radio business or the digital media business. Yeah, yeah, and it drives me nuts. He'll be like telling me all these <laughs> like comedy ideas and stuff, and I'm just like, don't don't fucking tell me. I know what I'm doing. Okay. That's, that's my department, but I do always in my mind, think I want somebody to always tell me like that. The, the best way for me to live my life would be if there was a person I trust who could write a diet for me and tell me what to eat every day, tell me which exercises to do every day. And, uh, that's it. No, I think I I could be incredibly successful. So everybody should wake up at six. Yeah, and, and everybody me- should should have overnight oats immediately. They should journal, and then they should work out. And it's like this is the only way to be a fucking human, and that's re- fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. if they're not going to do yeah, it, I, that's I, what I'm pisses a- me off about it. Is they're always like, "Well, we're not going to tell you exactly what to do," and it's like, dude, I wanted either that or nothing. <laughs> I wanted somebody I trust to tell me everything I have to do for a day, and then I'll fit my life around that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. As long as they actually have that knowledge of of, of who you are and what can reasonably um, be accomplished. And in terms of like the the you're talking about like the food, the meal delivery services, I've. I thought, like, I'm not going to be able to, um, and I know I'm kind of jumping between topics, but I'm not going to be able to adhere to, like, a, a diet program where I'm given, like, a set of recipes, whatever, because I can't, I, I can't cook for crap, really. Um, I, I've wanted to go with the ones where you get the fully prepared meals delivered to your house. But that's, that gets pretty expensive. Oh, yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and I've been, and I've even, I've even stooped to the low of thinking, even though I'm not like actually like over, like really overweight, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get in better shape. I've been like, okay, what if I go on Nutrisystem? That's cheaper for the freeze dried food. I'm like, okay, maybe that's my way to eating healthier. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, been, it's weird been too. A whole lot of yeah, it's weird too because yeah. nobody, there's nobody that can like if. Like I said, if somebody just sent me all the food I had to eat for a day and then told me all the exercises, 
like that is my ideal mode you know what i mean but it feels like when you get in if you can with these people if you go to a trainer if you talk to a nutritionist they don't really tell you anything <laughs> I need a celebrity train. I need a celebrity trainer that drives to my house and pulls me out of bed by the fucking ear and says, start doing push-ups." The guy that got uh, Kumail, like all set up for that Avengers movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, or like the, like, that the like, yeah, yeah. Or the trainer that like lives in with the MMA fighters before the, before their fight. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so, I, you have no, I mean, I wish like I know I, I talk a big talk about being anti-authoritarian or something like that, but I really wish there was like an authority over me. It would be so like, I think all my self-esteem would go way up. I, cause I think I would feel like I'm doing the right thing all the time, but there isn't that service out there for people that make as much money as I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just adding up the cost. If I were to do every single protocol to try to fix my all the flaws of my ADHD and my autism, I would need to be making three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year. And yeah. I don't think that's going to happen at, at any any time any any time soon. So I think I'm kind of going to take like the. Um, I think I'm going to kind of take some hints from the way um, the way John Moxley says things. You don't need to be afraid to be who you are and bear your scars and all to everybody in the world and see if that somehow allows me to succeed. Because that would be the ideal situation is if I could somehow remain myself while actually being successful enough to, to pay my bills and hopefully leave, leave my mom's house. And even if I, like, like she says, well, I'm going to go to my own place and I'm going to, and I'm going to leave it messy. <laughs> um yeah that, that well, may be the point where i'm actually yeah 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 of course you're um, allowed but, to well you're not I, I though if, if, yeah. yeah go ahead sorry <laughs> yeah yeah no you you go ahead uh did you have a, i got, I got I nothing to say all right yeah Yes, that's kind of the place where um, where I'm at right now. I'm not wanting to spend too, not wanting to spend all this all this money, but then realizing, yeah, I need to be better. And what's the better use of my money? Should I just let this money sit in my in my savings account, and not get myself into debt, or should I pay for some coach? Will hopefully in thir in thirty minute sessions every week when a bunch of stuff that they put on an app turn around my life while um, go replacing my cardio with a with a two minute with a two minute cold shower where do i go with somebody that's maybe a bit more a bit more reasonable um and i yeah. i talk about it if you don't mind if you don't mind my plugging i talk about both my political opinions and my all, all the um the places where personal and social change intersect i talk about it quite a bit on my podcast if you don't mind me plugging it go for it yeah, so uh, the Fixer Punk podcast, my, uh, that's my name in the chat, is Fixer Punk, F-I-X-E-R-P-U-N-K. Um, Fixerpunk.com is where you'll find it also on all major platforms. Um, hopefully, I'll get a new episode up um, within the week. But I do talk about both politics um, from a progressive leftist perspective and also where that intersects with um, issues of so social change and self-improvement. There's just way too much of the narrative of this stuff just borders on right-wing nonsense. Absolutely. Well, thanks for calling, Grayson. It's good to hear from you.
Thank you for having me again. Great to speak right. with you again. Yeah, it was great. Call back more often. Yeah, Will it do. sucks. This, uh, yeah, the the world is uh, not around to like accommodate anybody. It's basically getting you back to productive is the goal. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you, man. All right. But I also, man, I don't know. I think if like if you live at somebody else's house, though, like you got to live by their rules. You don't get to say shit. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess I I haven't had a person living at my house in a long time, but usually it's uncomfortable anyway. Well, most of the I'm time. in charge. If I'm paying for everything, I'm in charge. You have to just deal with me. So that's I, true. There's really no concern for what the qualms are about that. Yeah. Well, that is the uh, calling. It is show. tough out there. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday doing another show. You can find us on all your podcasting platforms and patreon.com slash radio for bonus content. Uh, but, uh, that's the show. Bye. Bye. Peace. Hey, hey Kevlar. That motherfucker fire. I was Kevlar could be. Yeah. Catch him lacking, we gon' bust him. Profile don't like to toss him. I fuck this sister, yeah, she tried to fight me, shoot a brother. He diamond hit like lightning, shining bright, he dripped a portal. Walked in when I would count up, she gon' bite me, grab a muzzle. First batch, they made 200 rack, can't wait to rent another. Shoot for no room and hesitate, they had it caught my brother. Respect your man.